24 minutes after 7 p.m. and we go straight into the latest in the markets. Markets have been closed two hours and 24 minutes ago. And of course, the big news today certainly coming out of the Monetary Policy Committee of the South African Reserve Bank. And uh, yeah, I've gone through the statement of the committee issued by Lesecha Khanyako, the governor of the Saab. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess uh, what a way to deliver some bad news to many of the credit active consumers in the South African economy. Three members are voting for a uh, 75 basis points, or put simply 0.75% increase in the uh, repurchase rate or the repo rate, and uh, two members preferring a 50 basis point increase there. But I guess the mood is certainly that of upward movement of lending rates. They've even factored that into their model. And that's, uh, I guess, uh, certainly a price, the price of credit or the price of lending, uh, a price that will certainly uh, affect many a consumer. Joined on the line to talk about this by Dumsani Nguenza from Terebinth Capital. Dumsani, good evening, my brother. Welcome. Good evening. Uh, thank you for inviting me back to your show. Yeah, man, I hope you're well. Yeah, I'm well, I'm well. How are you doing, man? Uh, I, I was a bit better before this afternoon. Um, no, understandably so, eh? Now, hey man, my entertainment budget is out now, you know. So, <laughs> so I'm certainly, I'm very unhappy at this stage, but uh, still in a bit of shock, but we live. Wh- what do you make, and maybe before we get into expectations of inflation, um, yeah. wh- what do you make of, firstly, how the Saab uh, came out and the, their perspectives on where they expect growth to be? Um, I must say, I mean, it's not nice to hear that the South African economy is expected to grow only by 1.1% in 2023, 1.4% in 2024, and one5 maybe if we're lucky in 2025. Seems like a long time ago when people were saying, yeah, 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 the NTP target, 5% growth annually. We're very far from that. Yeah, <laughs> certainly, certainly. Um, I think just for context, um, we should remind perhaps the listeners that the previous the September meeting, there was a 3-2 split as well, um, two calling for yes. 100 basis points. And in this meeting, it's turned the other way around with two voting now for about a 50 basis point. So that um, maybe signals um, that, you know, there could be just a bit of a slowdown um, in the increases in interest rates. Mm. Um, with them starting to think about growth in 2023, 2024, as you've highlighted. Mm. And power outages. ESCOM came out with a note um, saying that some of the power stations like um, Kusila, I think, and Midubi, um, which are um, one of the newer generation uh, yes. power stations, um, are having some issues. So a lot of a lot of um, growth that could be hindered just by energy um, problems or mm. rather shortages in the country. But as well, um, we know that you know um, on the back of some freight um, challenges up in Transnet as well. So we know that there are challenges in the freight environment that could help us boost that growth in our local economy. I think the other element, of course, uh, that uh, we're certainly no doubt familiar with, um, you know, at Dumsani, when we look at, um, you know, the issues you've raised around the electricity price, we saw in the inflation numbers that came through from StatsSA early on in the week that, um, you know, some of the inflation of regulated prices, you know, energy, uh, transport, and so on, um, are coming in much, much stronger, even like things like utilities, water bills, and so on coming in much, much higher, or the rate of growth in those prices is coming in much, much higher than even food price inflation, or even uh, from the numbers that we saw here today, the uh, expected increases in the price of fuel. Um, So in a way, I guess what that does say is that uh, some of these prices are prices within the ambit of regulators like NARSA 
and many others who set prices in specific products that we use every day. Absolutely. Um, and we're still waiting for an outcome from NASA in terms of just um, the 2023 um, rate increases in electricity. So what we're starting to see is that, um, as Lissetta spoke about as well today, Governor Lissetta spoke about today, mm. we're starting to see inflation starting to dwell um, in terms of just the overall inflation basket. And it's starting to seep into in items where they're being um, second-round effects, as you would call them. So essentially, um, a knock-on effect of um, prices down the food or rather the, 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 the price chain, right? So that's starting to have a big effect. And you would have heard today in his speech, as well as the Q&A afterwards, that they, they started to highlight, or they're rather highlighting and emphasizing the risks that inflation could be stickier, to quote him, essentially meaning that it stays around a lot longer than what they think it should be. And we've seen that as well in the forecast for what, um, the inflation um, numbers that they put out today. So, mm. for example, they increased um, their forecast for 2023 inflation from 5.3% to 5.4%. Um, so that just illustrates that there are risks that they are seeing and it's starting to seep into other items um, that should not... Not that it should not, but essentially they have like a second knock-on effect down the food chain. And uh, I guess, you know, just the other element, uh, and let's go to to that inflation in general. Um, We know these guys don't look at historical inflation, but they tend to look at expectations of what inflation is going to do in the next while. It seems to them that uh, it's not going to go into the midpoint of the 3 to 6% range anytime soon or over the next few meetings that they're going to have. Uh, what will that mean, I guess, for where interest rates are going to be, which is what many of our listeners are, are waiting for, I guess, with some anticipation? What is the next move for the MPC and where might our borrowing costs go next? So in terms of just where we look forward to right now, I think that's where we need help from some of the markets. As as you've spoken about markets, try to preempt where inflation will be and stuff like that. And um, what will be interesting is having seen the dissent of those two members voting 100 basis points in the previous meeting, uh, moving on to 50 basis points now, what that does in terms of signaling, in terms of just slowing the, in, the, the pace of interest rate high. So what I mean by that is that going from B75 basis point increases, but potentially slowing down to either 50 or even a 25 basis point. Um, when we look at the markets, um, what we're seeing from the farm market, which tries to preempt um, where the lending rate will be, um, what we see is that towards the end of Q, um, Q3, we should start seeing, or at least at the end of Q1, we should start seeing that interest rates slow down a bit and remain steady. What the markets are preempting and what uh, the QPM should be saying um, upon further analysis of today's um, release is that the, the, the peak of interest rate right now, the repo rate, should be around 7.5%. So I think although we've seen about over 200 basis points worth of increase this year. In terms of interest rates, I think consumers will start at least getting some sort of comfort that this should start slowing down and um, not further impact um, their their pockets and disposable incomes much further from here. Mm, mm. And uh, yeah, I guess uh, probably not, uh, I mean, the timing of it, I I find so interesting. I, I wonder whether it will mute uh, any uh, demand for all of the specials, discounts and offers uh, that uh, will be placed on offer for many consumers tomorrow with Black Friday. So only time will tell. 
but um, let's take a look at some of the other stories that came through. And uh, I'm quite interested, especially in the two retailers, Mr. Price and Lewis, and how this high interest rate environment has had an impact on their operations. And let's start there with the Mr. Price group. Uh, they came out and uh, indicated that load shedding, uh, the inconsistent and non-payment of social grants, uh, it's the second time where I'm seeing this come out, this whole Sasa link, uh, insofar as their top-line targets are concerned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What do you make of that? And also, I guess, you know, my earlier comment around just the credit conditions and uh, the impact from better-than-expected credit revenue as a result of uh, all of the increases in interest rates that we've seen in the last while. Absolutely. So just to point out as well to listeners, what we saw today post the results of Mr. Price was the share price drop um, about 8% today. Um, so in terms of just investors, I think that was a, a miss um, in terms of expectations. Um, and this was largely, as you said, on the back of just um, a miss on sales, um, largely. And we've seen that cash sales... Um, Credit sales, actually, was about 11.5%, whereas cash sales was about half of that. And so, and the reason why it was a mess is because a large portion of the surprise sales is actually from cash sales. So um, what they said was in their statement is that if they took, um, in terms of this first half of the year for them, 44% of trading hours were lost due to load shedding in September alone. Um, and that has resulted in a decrease of 6.7% in um, sales. And that is quite remarkable when we come back to the story about um, growth and the growth forecast and, sorry, of, of, of our economy. And again, that just speaks to some of the problems around low shedding, what the impact it has um, for some of our stores. Yeah, and I guess this is also an environment, I mean, this uh, set of interim numbers, um, probably will not reflect what has happened after this period uh, via the acquisition of Studio 88. But um, I guess uh, we might also expect to see the impact of uh, what's been happening out with Power Fashions as well. Absolutely. Um, so I think going forward, it'll be interesting what the stats say about tomorrow. But I think going forward, we should start seeing, um, at least until interest rates are slowing down, um, consumers try to you know, lean towards more credit sales, start opening more accounts. And I do think stores like Mr. Price will start um, reporting a lot more of account sales um, going forward than cash sales. Mm. Let's let's go to furniture retailer, Lewis. Uh, and uh, I guess they've also come out uh, with uh, a set of numbers here. And um, yeah, I guess credit sales becoming a dominant part of their merchandising model. Uh, talk to us about what we've seen in this number. Absolutely. Um, Lewis has actually quite uh, has done quite well coming out of the COVID um, region in 2021. Um, but looking at so far this year, as you mentioned, credit sales are quite up um, about 16.5%, and, uh, but their cash sales have gone down by 8%. And that's just uh, back on the back of um, the UFO store, which mm. is predominantly a cash-driven um, business. So, again on the back of just, you know, consumer disposable income becoming tighter. Um, people have to start being a little bit more savvy with their money in terms of what they can spend on and relying, you know, turning towards credit, um, opening up accounts. So that just speaks to the, the pressure that the consumers have been under, um, given over 200 basis points of increases in 2022 alone. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, uh, I guess, insofar as this entity is concerned, 
merchandise sales for their traditional segment as opposed to some of the other entities like UFO, Best Home and Electric and uh, some of the other non-furniture elements? Yeah, so it'll be interesting um, as the, the financial year continues and, and unfolds how you know their business will do, especially as well coming into this region of um, the festive season. I think what we should see, start seeing is that um, numbers start picking up again. Um, what we should also, as I mentioned, credit sales probably increase um, and relying just on the back of that. Um, and I do know that they've started to, or reshorts or maybe stocking up uh, in, in anticipation of mm. any supply chain disruptions. Um, so it'll be very interesting what they say um, going towards their financial end. And then last one on our end here, Tumusani, uh, just as we wrap up, clicks acquiring Sorbet. Uh, of course, they had uh, a stake in the entity before. I'm not sure. I think it was around 25% or so. Uh, they've yeah. now come in with a, just over a 100 million purchase offer to Old Mutual Private Equity, which, uh, of course, uh, became the de facto owner of uh, Sorbet after the delisting and unbundling of uh, Long for Life. Uh, what do you make of this move, um, especially for Clix's, I guess, uh, health and beauty business? I think Clicks will be very proud with this acquisition. Um, as to quote the CFO, they stated, or CEO, CEO rather, that um, the acquisition of Sorbet just naturally fits in with their strategic goal. Mm. Um, so I think this was slot in the um, with their and with their home um, beauty segment. And we've seen that their whole, um, beauty segment has been increasing in terms of just capturing that market share. So I do think this should be good for them and will be interesting to see um, over the long run um, whether this truly does um, reflect in the numbers. Dumzani, we'll have to leave it here for tonight. Always a pleasure catching up with you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you and good night to your listeners. Yeah, and it just seems, Dumzani, just lastly, man, um, just in the intervening period as we started discussing, two Portuguese goals coming in uh, in their duel with uh, the Ghanaians here and it seems... Uh, it's open, opening of floodgates. So, uh, yeah. I don't uh, know. Please don't tell me it's Cristiano. Well, Cristiano scored the penalty, uh, ah. which came on just before we started. And there's subsequently been two other goals. Uh, of course, I think the Ghanaians responded uh, with, um, you know, a uh, equalizer there. But uh, it seems now uh, the score is 3-1 with about nine minutes to go. As an African, that makes me a bit sad. Hey, uh, Ghana in this instance, man. Oh, the last call was just such a sucker punch. But hey, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Dumsani Nguenza, always a pleasure. <laughs> Thank brother. you so much. Awesome. Dumsani Nguenza is an analyst out at Terebinth for helping us with our wrap of the top business stories.